What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to Tailored to Perfection, a podcast for people who have intermediate or advanced level English who want to practice their listening. Today, John presents a program about science and he'll be talking to me about that. And then at the end of the program, we have uh, a quiz. Well, John has a quiz for Beth and I all about science. And we show just how ignorant we are on the subject of uh, basic science questions. So that's uh, something for you to look forward to. So I've made a list of all the difficult words that John and I use during the podcast and at the end of the podcast, I'll explain the, the meaning of those words to you. Okay, so you can listen to the podcast now. And then at the end of the podcast, I'll go through a list of the difficult words and give you an explanation of the meaning. And then um, you can listen to the podcast again uh, now that you know the meaning of those words. Also, you can find the list of words at our, at our website, taylorschoolees podcasts. Uh, if you just type in science there, you can find the audio, this audio, and you can find the list of words that we use, um, the list of the difficult words that we use, uh, just to help you to follow. And the list is in chronological order, so if you're listening, you can follow that list as you're listening to the podcast, if you choose. Okay, so uh, so here we go. How do we know that what we think we know is true. The word science comes from the Latin word scientia, meaning knowledge or knowing. But what about the people who do science? Isaac Newton would not have called himself a scientist because that word didn't exist when he was alive. He would have called himself a natural philosopher. And in addition to science, he also did alchemy and numerology. In 1833, the word scientist analogous to artist, one who does art, was first used in order to distinguish people who studied science from philosophers. It was invented by the Reverend William Wiggle, I can't pronounce his name, who also coined the term physicist in the same paragraph. And from there, it spread, and soon scientists were all over the place. So, Dave, welcome. Hello, thank you. Uh, a conversation question, then, to start. How do we know what we think we know is true um, because we can see things we can, see things. <laughs> yeah, we can okay. sense them what we see and hear we use is our that, senses is yeah. that what you call uh, is that empirical evidence the way you can actually see and hear things it is that can right? be but if yeah. you've ever seen optical illusions mm -hmm. you know that you can't always trust what you see yeah so yeah. we can't always trust our senses uh-huh yeah and then there is evidence and uh -huh. scientific experiments or methodology. So experiments. Experiments, yeah. yeah. So where you try and test mm -hmm. something, you, you, you have a, an idea and you test whether it's true. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then you know that, that there is evidence for that, that there is proof mm -hmm. or that that thing is true or probably true because you can reproduce that experiment yep. yeah so some one person does an experiment or a test or an equation or mm -hmm. some sort of some scientific thing something, to see what is true something yeah and then 
another scientist mm-hmm. can do the same thing with the same conditions and get the same results. And that's quite important because yeah. the results of a single experiment might be very surprising or interesting or they might be contradictory to what we assume we know. Or they might be wrong. And they might be wrong, mm. exactly. Okay, yeah. I, I've often, I think people have said that science is trying to not be fooled by yourself. Be because, fooled, like yeah, tricked, to not be tricked, be tricked yeah, by yourself. Because we have, we have our senses and we think we know what the world is like, but often our brains see patterns where there aren't patterns. You can think about things like uh, faces on toast or in, pat- in, in, <laughs> in puddles and, and, and yeah. ro- rock formations. Uh-huh. Um, so we can see things that aren't there. Are you, let's just be clear, are you saying that Jesus doesn't appear, really appear to people in toast? I'm saying that not every appearance of Jesus on toast is going to be a miracle. Real. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that right now. Although there are some toasters you can buy which can put Darth Vader on your toast. Ah, right, yeah, uh, and... I prefer that, I think, to a Jesus. <laughs> okay, so um, the people who do science are called scientists. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you hear the word scientist? What do they look like? Um, well, for me... I think of Back to the Future, the film. <laughs> Brilliant. And Doc Brown yeah. is the scientist who is actually, his look is modeled on Einstein's look, Albert Einstein. He's got the big so, white hair. Yeah. He's got a lab coat, like a white lab coat. Did Einstein wear a lab coat? Maybe not, actually. <laughs> Maybe not. But a lab coat but is anyway, typical, isn't it? That's lab- how you know someone's a scientist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there's the typical thing as well in. Um, in TV adverts, mm-hmm. they make people, actors, look like scientists by giving them a lab coat. A lab, and glasses and a clipboard. Ah, yeah, a clipboard. A clipboard yeah. is like a board where you put a piece of paper yep. yeah, and you can write on it. To record yeah. your experimental results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you and think... it's a man. It's always a man. Usually, yeah, yeah in, in, me, in the media and mm. in films and in, in things like that, yeah. Okay, Um Apart from their physical appearance, how are they portrayed in the media and, and, and fiction? I mean, Doc Brown is not uh, a sort of sensible, <laughs> um, normal character, is he? No, no, he's eccentric, mm. eccentric, yeah. yeah, like a little bit crazy. Maybe, it depends. Sometimes with dangerous ideas, yeah. because Doc Brown, for example, in Back to the Future, he causes a series of events that cause terrible futures and things like that. Exactly, yeah. Um, sometimes they're the voice of reason as well. I'm yeah. thinking of a film, what was it Jeff called? Goldblum. 2012. Oh, God, yeah, it's an awful film. Yeah, a terrible um, film, like a end-of-the-world yeah. film, but the scientist was the only one who really knew the truth or something like that. He was something, the yeah. in, in, in there. Independence Day, Jeff Goldblum is the scientist who discovers the alien plot. Uh-huh, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they might be the lone voice crying out. Yeah, so um, you've got politicians, you've got, like, the scientists who know what's happening mm-hmm. and the politicians or the military who want to do things the traditional way yeah. or they or something like that. And what about in, in non-fiction, in the news and on, mm-hmm. on TV, when they show scientists... They, they they normally film them in a laboratory uh-huh. doing something sciencey. Yeah, yeah. So they have mm-hmm. a, a pipette or, or yeah, um, um, a tube of something. Microscope. Microscope. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. remember, because I worked in a laboratory um, after university, and we had the, the local news come around and do a story, and they, they made us... Um, use a microscope even though the story had nothing to do with microscopes yeah they said no 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 the people won't know that you're scientists unless (laughs) you look down a microscope yeah (laughs) crazy so the media sort of forces those stereotypes like it yeah it makes scientists live those stereotypes in the media sort of i think so i think Mm -hmm. so i mean people don't um don't realize that scientists just look like them <laughs> and normal people. Yeah, we should say that John is a scientist, that you are a scientist. Was. Wor- well, a long time ago. Well, microbiologist. Microbiologist, yeah. and yep. you worked in science yep. in, in labs and yeah. laboratories, labs I, and things like I that. I worked for a long in time. laboratories. I, I looked down a microscope for uh-huh. a living. Oh, you did do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in that story, it wasn't 
it wasn't part of it. Yeah. Um, uh, so we think of scientists, Doc Brown, we've got Frankenstein, we've uh-huh. got Jekyll and Hyde. Or yeah, Dr. Frankenstein Jekyll. is a, a, a great story of uh, the mad scientist who exactly. takes science too far and becomes God yep. and creates a monster. And that, you know, there are news stories that are like this about cloning yep. sheep and um, using stem cells and, and things like that, using... Um, human cells to clone exactly or to to grow humans in test tubes and things like that and well there's i think it's right that there's Mm. sort of um there's an idea of okay this is good that science is progress science is Mm -hmm. development science is um, better medicine and things like that but on the other side on the other hand you've got science as something dangerous that needs to be controlled yeah you know, you've got things like nuclear nuclear bombs, but you've also got things like genetic mm-hmm. modification of humans to make a super race of humans. Yeah, so often people like think um, it's not can we do something, but often it's should we do something. Mm. Yeah. Because scientists can sometimes be seen as being too enthusiastic about being able to do something mm-hmm. that they may not think about the ethical dimension of actually doing it yeah although i think they're much better than they were in the past yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. i mean if you look at universities all of the universities um in in the world have ethics committees when they do experiments they Uh have to follow ethical guidelines yeah Mm -hmm. um what kind of personality characteristics do you associate with scientists whether fictional or or non-fictional well um there's a big difference, I think, between the fictional and non-fictional yeah. personality types because, like, in fiction, you often get that sort of crazy, the mad scientist, yeah. the crazy scientist. An obsessive. Sort of obsessive yeah. th- thing. But the scientists that I know and, you know, the, the, from the little that I know about science, mm-hmm. it's people who are very methodical. Yeah. Methodical as in they follow a specific method and they do things very carefully mm-hmm. patient yes very patient definitely yeah patient as in that they they're doing an experiment and that experiment might take all their working life yep. or it might take five years and then at the end of five years they might not get the result that they want yeah so then they start again with something different exactly open-minded yeah maybe like it's, it's a very important part you have to be aware of the possibility of being wrong mm-hmm. yeah or being surprised yeah yeah so open yeah open to different mm-hmm. different ideas and, and things like that i think most scientists are curious mm-hmm. certainly research scientists are curious and the most powerful phrase in science is often oh that's funny yeah um the so, most powerful phrase. Yeah. Yeah, so where you go, oh, that's a strange result. Exactly. I wasn't expecting that. Because that's a good use of funny. Funny strange, not yeah. funny ha-ha. Yeah. So, well, that, yeah, there are two meanings of funny, yeah. <laughs> funny is something that makes you laugh. Or, or something that's unusual. Strange, yeah, yeah unusual. So, mm-hmm. for example, penicillin was discovered because Alexander Fleming looked at a, a, a Petri dish and saw that some mold like fungus had grown and there was a zone where the bacteria on the dish had died. Mm-hmm. And he said, hmm, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why that happens. Yeah. And that's, that's where science is at its best. Mm-hmm. So I think curious, patient, methodical. So, um, just then you said for research scientists, that yep. is the case. What is the other type of scientist that's not a research scientist? Well, Scientists can work in in industry doing um, testing. Yeah, that's not standardized testing and things like that. And that's not necessarily about curiosity. Mm. They may be curious people, but you need to be persistent. You need to be careful. You need to be methodical, as you said, Um, and and you need to take care of what you're doing. So it's not necessarily about curiosity in that case. Mm-hmm. Although you may well be a curious person, yeah. How many sciences can you name? How many sciences? Um, yeah. Well, we've got the basic three that we did at school. The big three, which are physics, mm-hmm. biology, chemistry. Okay, yeah. And then maybe things like 
crystallography. Ooh, is I that like a that science? One. That's I'm sure it is, yeah. Geology? Geology is a science. What about psychology? Some people say it's a, no, it's definitely a science. <laughs> yeah. yeah, psychology is a science. Sociology then? Sociology. If psychology is, then sociology is. I don't think. No, it's in the humanities is. department. Yeah. Yeah. Sociology is the study of society. Yeah, so that's the, that's on the other side. Yeah. Okay. What about? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, we've got the large um, the, the large groups like earth sciences, um, chemistry, physics, biology, but you can. Divide those into smaller groups like zoology, uh-huh, which is part of, biology. part of biology. Zoology about animals, exactly. Uh, you could look at marine biology, uh-huh. the biology yeah. of the oceans. You mm-hmm. could do microbiology. Yeah, um, you could do botany. Yeah, botany of plants, the study of plants. Uh-huh. You could do ecology, the study of ecosystems. Uh-huh. Um, could, that would be like the combinations of plants and animals in mm-hmm. in a particular place exactly right? yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um and and within any of the the larger groups of science you can find those smaller groupings uh-huh. i know more about the biologies because that was my field mm-hmm. but within physics then you can You've got astrophysics exactly yeah. uh-huh. cosmology which is cosmology the study, the study of the cosmos uh-huh the, the origin of the universe the, yeah Space, basically. Well, the, the origin universe. of cosmology is the, the origin the of origin, the universe. The origin is it only? Yeah. Oh. Whereas astrophysics is the, the, the reality. How it is now. Uh-huh. Um, then mm. you have nuclear physics. Yeah. Quantum physics. Yeah. Um, electrodynamics. Electronics. There's the whole universe out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any famous scientific experiments? Not really, not many. No, I've got a question. This is a question yeah. for you. Okay, uh, w- was this a real scientific experiment? Uh-huh. You know the uh, the Doppler shift or the Doppler effect? Yes, that's where the uh, sound squashes when it's coming towards you. Yes, so if lengthens. you think of an, an ambulance as it comes towards you, the the, goes, the tone of the siren changes. Yeah, it goes from a high pitch frequency to a lower frequency as it passes you. Yeah. Yep. Was the experiment for that to put a brass band on a train? <laughs> a brass band is like with trumpets and horns. I don't know. Uh, no? I, th- I think it would have been great. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got an image of that in my head as a, as a famous experiment, but maybe that was like in a comic or something it, like that. It does sound like something from a comic, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe. It's, it's a curious image. I like that. But the Doppler effect is often about light as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating. Yeah. I was, I, I was, I found out about this recently. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I found out about it. I've, I've, I read a science book recently, and I listened to some science podcasts. Yep. And the the Doppler shift with light is called the redshift. The redshift, yeah, yeah, which is incredible. And it's it's how we know the universe was expanding, or how we discovered the universe was expanding, because yeah. we can see solar systems that are very very far away Mm -hmm. and we know that they're moving away from us because of something to do with the red light the the light is redder than it would be otherwise if it was moving towards us so it's like the sound Mm -hmm. it's rather than the sound being normal if we were moving Mm -hmm. in the same direction compressed yeah yeah it's like the sound is lengthened so it's just, I find that incredible that we can look at the other side of the universe yep. and we're looking back in time to very close to the beginning of the of the universe. Mm-hmm. And we can actually tell the direction that those things are traveling in because of the light that we're looking at. Exactly. I find that absolutely exactly. incredible. Um, and, and it builds on so many pieces of science before that Mm -hmm. um the thing which astonishes me about those kinds of of ideas are fundamentally how can you measure distance with stars because they all look like points of light yeah um and so the size of the universe has grown as we have discovered more and more ways of of determining distance okay yeah so you could see 
a star, but you didn't know. In well, the past, we, we thought, oh, well, maybe it's 100 miles away. Was it very it's... bright and very far away? Uh-huh. Or was it very dim and very close? Uh-huh. And originally, there was no way to determine that. And someone, a, a, a female astronomer, and I can't remember her name, which is terrible of me, uh, discovered a class of stars where the color of the light was constant and they could determine the distance and it was it was astonishing and yeah. suddenly the universe became three times the size yeah. than it had been the week before yeah can you name any famous scientists and why are they famous um well i can name the ones that you wrote down on this piece of paper i i get i gave some some examples some notes. yeah but yeah from these i i know stephen hawking why is he famous because he is it? Uh, something about black holes. I actually read his book, um, A Brief History, A Brief of, Time. History of Time. Yeah. Um, did, did you understand it? Yeah, more or less. I, I mean, I didn't understand the details of it. but I, I, I understood it while I was reading it, yeah. but as soon as I finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's written in a very easy, mm-hmm. easy to read style. Yes. So it sort of, it makes you think that you understand it at least. That's true. And uh, so he... What 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 was his great um, great theory or discovery? Something about black black holes being at the center of a, a solar system. I or think, the, or the event horizon yeah. around black holes, or something like that. Well, he he did a fair bit of work, and one of the things he did was he found that black holes will evaporate over time and give off radiation. Ah, that's right. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. not everything falls into a black hole yeah black holes will will emit some radiation uh-huh. um, yeah. but he did lots of other things as well um mm-hmm. it's certainly fundamental in confirming the idea of the big bang yeah yeah um, but yeah he's definitely famous an amazing thing from that book that i found or from th- uh, listening to things about black holes is that there's a black hole in the middle of our galaxy that's what we think yeah and there's a black hole in the middle of most galaxies Mm -hmm. so people think about black holes and think oh no black (laughs) hole but actually black holes mean that we can exist in a way because they sort of form the gravitational center of groups of uh, stars and things like that well if if a a black hole replaced the world and it we wouldn't notice any difference in gravity from the distance we're at now. If the mass was the same, the gravity would be the same. Obviously, we'd all be dead because there's no oxygen or anything. <laughs> but just because a black hole is there, it doesn't. It's not like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it doesn't suck everything in. It has, it has a certain gravity. The Earth has a certain gravity, mm-hmm. and a black hole of the equivalent mass would yeah. have the same. Mm-hmm. It would just yeah. be very, very small. Yeah. Yeah, so for a small space, it has a lot of mass. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other famous scientists? Uh, Einstein. Yeah, I didn't put him on my list. Yeah, well, there he there is. There we go. Yeah, there you go. The I'm most a... famous scientist yeah. ever. Yeah, and that was because of uh, the theory of relativity. Yes. About the speed of light. He was the one who said that the speed of light is constant mm-hmm. no matter what speed you're traveling at yep no matter what frame of reference you use and that gravity he sort of so ah yeah previous to him the new newtonian physics Mm -hmm. or uh, isaac newton came up with a fantastic theory of physics about the movement of objects and things like that yeah and gravity and those things and then einstein said okay no gravity doesn't work like that Mm -hmm. um but really, the funny thing is that we learn Newtonian physics at school. Because it works. Because it works, yep. yeah. But then Einstein's physics is sort of a different model yes. that fits as well, sort of thing. They both... Yes. No? They're yeah. sort of... Einstein's physics seems to be the correct model. Well, Newton doesn't say how anything works. Okay. He just says what happens. Yeah. Um and it has the mathematical descriptions, but Einstein has a, a an underlying model for it of mm-hmm. space time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's most famous. Galileo. Yeah. Galileo. Why is he famous? Uh, he said that the Earth is not at the center of the solar system. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The universe, I think. The, at the universe, because okay. at the time, the solar system and the, universe, the universe were synonymous. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
And he's famous for dropping balls from the uh, Leaning Tower oh, of Pisa. Oh, was that Galileo? Yeah, it's apocryphal, I'm sure. Okay. But he, he did a lot of work to show how acceleration mm-hmm. works because people didn't understand how things accelerated. Yeah. And, so and that's if you drop um, a ball, like a, a very heavy ball. Yeah, a 10-kilogram ball and a 1-kilogram ball. They would land... If they're the same size, they would land... Or the um, same shape, I guess. Or the same shape, If yeah. you If you can remove air resistance, uh-huh. then... They would land at the same time if you drop them yep. from the Tower of Pisa. And famously, when the astronauts were on the moon, they had a feather and a hammer, ah. and they dropped them at the same time, and they hit the floor at the same time, because, because there's no air on yeah, the moon. there's no air resistance. Exactly. Yeah. The uh-huh. feather falls slowly because of the air, not, mm-hmm. nothing else. Okay, one more. What is a thought experiment? Um, well, here we've got Einstein. Yeah. He was the famous person who did thought experiments. Is he certainly right? needed to do them. Yeah. yeah. So he sort of took, um, he, he took experimental results or he took sort of things that people had discovered about nature and took the conclusions that they made into a a world of thought and he thought about like riding on a light beam or something like that yeah Yeah, he thought oh what would happen if i went at the speed of light what what would the results of that be exactly so it's basically saying what if Mm -hmm. um but this this sort of goes against what we were talking about at the beginning Mm -hmm. because we were talking about actual expert like physical experimentation true that is science to prove things that are true so this isn't science is it not science? I don't know. I, I think it's useful in developing theories and hypotheses, mm-hmm. but it's not testable. If you can't test it, you can't say whether it's right or not. There was one thing that um, Einstein predicted mm-hmm. gravitational waves. Yes. And he said, that, but there's no way to test this. At the time, there was absolutely no way to. And he thought, I think he thought that there was no way to test it at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Then recently, about two years ago or something like that. Yeah. They tested gravitational waves. Exactly. And they found they detected gravitational waves. Mm-hmm. So the sort of these theories or these sort of ideas that come from thought experiments or from even from sort of uh, equations or yep. mathematical solutions to to problems and mm. things like that then they can be tested yeah much later i find that re- really amazing there was uh, one about the the higgs boson yep that's like there's some sort of boson is like a fundamental particle yeah is it yeah i think so and they the higgs somebody mm-hmm. higgs mr higgs um, dr higgs peter peter higgs peter higgs won the nobel prize yeah three years ago he predicted the existence of this yeah fundamental particle strangely it had his name yes coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> and he predicted its existence yeah from sort of thinking about the the nature of mm. particles and things like that yeah and or, it's it's we think of thought experiments and it's it's a nice cozy idea of uh, somebody sitting in an armchair and going oh i wonder what Mm -hmm. Um, but really it's the result of really deep and careful thought and mathematics and 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 calculation Mm -hmm. um so yeah and then it was discovered yeah yeah. so he uh, in the 1970s or 80s he came up with this idea i think he predicted it yeah he predicted it and then much 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 later Mm -hmm. 20 30 years later it was actually the the reality of it was discovered and it was proved it was yeah. shown yeah so he was quite patient yeah he was Absolutely. very patient yeah yeah excellent okay so we've been joined by beth hi beth hello um and she's gonna take part with dave i have a little quiz prepared for them it's not rocket science but it is close so are you ready mm-hmm. okay. ready question one What colour is your blood when it's in your veins? Is it red or is it blue? (laughs) I think I know the answer. That's good. But you answer first. 
I've got a feeling, is that a sort of a trick question about veins and arteries? Um, no. Because, no. no? I think it's... Let's have a look. They're both yeah, looking at their look, veins it now. It does look blue, actually, doesn't it? Isn't it blue, and then when it when it's exposed to air, it turns red? Is that right? No, it's red. Your blood oh. is red. <laughs> why, does it look, why does it look blue? It looks blue because your skin absorbs all the red light. So the light which is reflected oh. and comes out looks blue. I and we see. also think it's blue because in biology textbooks, like Dave alluded to, they color they, them they blue. Color the oxygenated part red and the unoxygenated part blue. Oh. But that's just in the book. Because is it that the, the blood goes from your heart through the arteries and to, to the your lungs heart? and then the arteries and it comes right. back through the veins. So in the uh -huh. veins, it hasn't got as much oxygen, but that doesn't change the color. Okay, so it's always it's red. red. Yeah. Okay, good. I was, Unless you're I was thinking royal. about. Unless you're royal, yeah, which, yeah we call or royal blue blood. Or yeah. a police in the United States. A, a what? A policeman. Is, what? is a blue blood. No. Really? Of course. No. Yeah. A blue blood is a is member of the aristocracy. In the US? Well, I wouldn't call police. <laughs> really? yeah. Blue blood? Yeah. All oh, right. Wow. I never heard that before. No. Excellent. Okay, question two. If a penny dropped from the top of the Empire State Building hit a person on the ground, what would happen? One, they would die instantly. Two, they would feel a sting from the impact but would live or three, nothing. The penny would burn up on the way down. <laughs> C, the penny will burn. <laughs> Pennies don't burn. Um, I think A. I think it's A. I think the person would die. They would feel a sting. Really? Oh. They wouldn't die? No. A then why are you not allowed to throw pennies off the Empire State Building? Because it's really annoying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always thought that they would I, just die. Yeah, I thought so as well. No, pennies are not very heavy. They, ah, they won't reach a, because a it doesn't speed. accumulate a lot of speed. Well, there's something called terminal velocity, which yeah. is about the the resistance, air resistance, uh, opposed to gravity. A penny won't accelerate indefinitely. It won't be going terribly. But if terribly you drop something a bit heavier, like, like a, a bowling ball, a bowling ball would certainly kill someone. Well, that would kill someone from the first floor. Meter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you think from a ten-story building. You could drop a penny. It wouldn't do any damage. Yeah. The penny's not going to get much faster. Okay. Mm. Okay. I don't know why I came into this quiz. Yeah, we're, we're pretty ignorant, <laughs> aren't we? No, it's not ignorance. These, these are things I think a lot of people believe. Yeah. Um, is the Great Wall of China visible from space? Yes. No. Mostly not. Why are there three options? Can't it just be yes or no? You can have yes or no. 50? I think it. I, I think, know the answer. I think it's yes. It's no. No, exactly. Why does everyone tell us it is? Because, because the astronauts are liars. The Chinese like to think Chinese that liars. it's. Ah, that's right. They, yeah. they want to make it as important as possible. As great as they yeah. can. The Great Wall of China is is not much wider than a small building. Mm -hmm. You can't see small buildings yeah, from space. True. Yeah. In fact, I don't think you can see many man-made structures from space. The pyramids. You can. You can, I think you can see, see the pyramids. The pyramids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, well, certainly in satellite photos, but I don't know the magnification. Hmm. I mean, when we say from space, how high up do we mean? Yeah. But generally, no. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Should you throw away food that you drop on the floor? Yes, always. Not if you pick it up in less than five seconds. <laughs> or not if it has a high sugar or salt content. Oh. It depends on your floor. I mean, are we talking okay. about an average floor? My floor? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's a good point. So carpet or tile or wood? That has been cleaned in the last three days. A relatively clean floor, but not what an operating theatre. What were the options? Theater. The first one? What was it? No. High sugar. Yes. Yes, yes you can. Yes, pick you it pick it up. You, throw, you should throw it away. You ah, should you throw, should it, throw away. it away. Or oh. you should not throw it away if it's less than five okay. seconds. Or not if it's got high sugar or salt content. Not throw it away. Yeah. So you can eat, eat it, it yep. if it's got... 
It's clearly not Maybe. that one because it's obviously a three-second rule. <laughs> you think it's the three-second rule? <laughs> in the U.S., it's a three-second rule. Oh, yeah. no, we always the, the five-second rule, okay. unless yeah. it's really nice food, in which case it's ten seconds. <laughs> ten seconds. I think generally, I mean, um, unless you've got lots of animals around the house and, and I, things like that, I think generally you can basically eat a lot more germs than we eat usually like you can eat a lot more dirty things than we can than we I, eat usually but maybe so maybe the salt and sugar one because it somehow i don't know the salt and sugar protects mm-hmm. the food from bacteria or... you sound very sure of yourself there, Dave. <laughs> i think i think no i think you should throw it out you should throw it away I think... I think this is proven that germs get on in like a microsecond. You don't, it doesn't, it's not a matter of time. I think germs are good for people. Yeah, but depending on the germ. <laughs> yeah. If it's high sugar or salt, then the the bacteria are less likely to attach to it. So if it's a high sugar or salt food, you can pick it up uh. and eat it. But humans should take a lesson from bacteria and not be attracted to high sugar and high fat. That's true. Yeah. There are other reasons okay. not to eat high sugar yeah. or salt food. Listen not to the bacteria, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we often talk about the five-second rule, but you're right. Bacteria yeah. stick to food almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't stop me. No. Does lightning ever strike twice in the same place? Oh, good question. Yes. Sure. I guess, yeah, why not? Yeah, frequently. Yeah. Um Lightning strikes, uh, actually strikes upwards, not downwards. In very, very slow motion video, you can see that there's a charge developing from the ground that the charge in the sky meets. And so pointed um, buildings, trees... Um, uh, lightning rods. Lightning rods. Designed yeah. for, for that, yeah, to take the... They are very good at developing that uh, charge. So mm. lightning will strike there more often than mm-hmm. it will strike the surrounding area. Very tall people. Very tall people, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> uh, very tall people playing golf while they're yeah. holding a golf club. Yeah. That's very dangerous. True or false? You lose most of your body heat through your head. Oh. Most, as in more than 50% of your body heat through your head? Or most, as in more than the rest of your body? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I would think that it's saying that your head loses a larger proportion of your body heat related to its size. I was always told, I spent a lot of time when I was young swimming in rivers, and my mum always used to dry my hair obsessively and say that that you needed to have your head dry. Did she say you will catch your death of cold? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much. Um, So you're saying yeah? Uh, I'm saying I don't know. I'm saying that's what my mum said, but I don't know how scientifically accurate that was. Um, maybe I, I, I maybe it co- comes out of the body because that's where the, most of, of the heat is. So like the the middle bit of your body. I don't know. But isn't the warmest part of your body your armpits? That's in your body. They're quite warm. <laughs> but you, if you lose, you lose heat. heat. I, I say yes. No. No. I say no. (laughs) (laughs) You lose heat from your head at the same rate and the same amount as you lose heat from everywhere else. It's just that normally we wear clothes. Oh, right. So Uh, proportionally. Your head is naked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Proportionally. Too many naked heads. It feels like, yeah, it feels like you lose a lot of heat. Um, But no, you don't. Um, Okay, last question. If you're standing on the equator... Do you move faster or slower than someone to the north or south? Faster, and like, which? What do you mean? With well, the rotation the of the world Earth. is spinning. Oh, is the world moving? Mm. Oh, yeah. Faster. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, you move at the same speed. Why would you move faster? I don't know. The same speed, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's the same. If you're standing on the equator, you move faster than anywhere else on the planet. Because it's. Because the equator is the the longest, longest. circumference. Yeah. So it's in twenty in twenty four hours, you have to travel twenty three and a half thousand miles or whatever it is. Whereas at the North Pole, you travel twenty four hours. Yeah, you travel one meter. Yeah, or a meter. Yeah. If you're at the top. 
Well, so I'm going to go back to high school. So who won? Yeah. Yeah, I think we need... Do four more I years think, of science, I think we all actually. won because we, we learned some new things. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. No. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So that's, uh, that's the end of, uh, of what I have. So thank you very much to Beth for coming in and taking part in the quiz. Thanks. And thanks to Dave. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Right, so there we are. How did you find it? Was it easy? Was it difficult to understand? Um, I've got my list of words here to go through. So, um, so let's get started on the list. Remember, you can find this list of words written down at taylorschoolees podcasts. And uh, that scratching that you can hear is my cat trying to get out of the living room where I'm recording. So just a minute. Okay, so let's go for the first word, which is the first expression. It's two words. It's myth-busting. Myth-busting. So a myth is a story or like a legend. A myth is something that the idea is that it's not true. A myth is uh, something that's a story that's not true. You might have mythology, like uh, Greek mythology or um, Norse mythology, the stories about heroes and gods and demigods, semi-god people and things like that. Those are myths. And myth-busting, you know the Ghostbusters? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. So the idea is that they busted ghosts. They like stopped they stopped them. So myth-busting is the idea that you're, you're sort of stopping myths. So I think in this context, it's sort of thinking about um, common beliefs that people have about the world or about science or about things that are not true and trying to stop those things, trying to stop people believing things that are not true. So myth-busting might be related to, I don't know, for example, to maybe people think that vaccinating children, like giving children injections to prevent them from getting diseases, is somehow problematic for different reasons. And that is a myth. Uh, it's not true. And uh, so scientists and people who communicate about science want to try and bust that myth. So that's myth-busting. Okay, next one, evidence. Evidence is uh, basically the material, the documentation, the everything that you have to prove or to show that something is true or that supports an idea. Yeah, the evidence. And then we've got proof. Proof. Uh, proof is, yeah, when you have lots and lots of evidence, that evidence is proof of something it shows that something is true the the proof is the noun and prove with a v is the verb yeah you can prove something to be true so if, if your friend says to you i can i don't know i can jump two meters in the air you say okay prove it prove it it means show me show me that you can do that by jumping two meters in the air okay next one Lab coat. A lab coat is a coat that you use in a laboratory. So it's a lab coat. Um, it's that white, the long white jacket that people use in a laboratory to prevent the dirt or the chemicals and things getting onto their clothes. Yeah. Clipboard. Clipboard. So a clipboard is you have a board which might be a little bit bigger than a piece of A4 paper. The board might be made of plastic or of cardboard or uh, wood maybe. And it has a clip at the top, a big click clip at the top. And you put the paper in the clip. The clip holds the paper onto the board. And then you can walk around um, 
talking to people and writing down the results or writing down the results of your experiments and it's like a like a notebook but it's sort of a typical thing that uh, scientists uh, carry around or it's the stereotype of the thing that scientists carry with them okay next one sensible 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 is uh, something that is the right thing to do if you if you do something sensible it means that you do something that is uh, appropriate it's it's not a crazy thing to do it's like the opposite of a silly thing to do uh, a stupid thing to do it's the sensible thing you know the sensible thing on uh, on a wednesday night is to go to bed quite early so that you're ready for work the next morning if you're not sensible and you might go to bed at three o'clock in the morning and then you don't sleep properly. You wake up very tired. Okay, the next one, pipette, a pipette. When you want to transfer a little bit of liquid from one thing to another, you might use a pipette. So it's like a little tube with, it's a, a, a little tube with sort of um, a squeezy rubber top on it. So you might put the pipette into a little jar with some liquid, with some sort of chemical or something in it, and you squeeze the, the rubber top. A little bit of the liquid goes into the tube, into the pipette, and you then you take it out and you put a few drops with the pipette onto the place where you want to put that liquid. Yeah, that's a pipette. A test tube test tube is a, a something else that you use in a laboratory where it's a it's it's a, a tube it might be something like 10 centimeters long it might be much longer like 30 centimeters long and it's it's a long cylindrical tube with a, a hole at the top to put the liquid inside and a, a rounded bottom so it hasn't got corners at the bottom yeah, a test tube. Then we've got ethical guidelines. Ethical guidelines. These are quite interesting words. Ethical is about ethics, about the idea of doing the right thing or doing the wrong the wrong thing. Ethics, ethical guidelines. Guidelines, it's really two words. Guide, lines, but they're together. The guidelines are the 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 rules really ethical guidelines is the rules that people have to follow or the protocol that people have to follow so maybe ethical guidelines in science might be for example uh what that if you're doing experiments with genetics then they have to be on uh, this type of animal and they shouldn't be on humans or something like that that might be the guidelines or it has to be things related to health it can't be things related to other aspects of human um, genetics or something yeah for example okay so that's ethical guidelines the next one curious curious is an interesting word because in english we only use really use curious to mean people who are interested or people who have who ask lots of questions and are interested in finding out the answers to things or people who want to know more about the world or about a specific thing curious yeah so you might say oh you might go into a library and say i'm curious about uh, about dogs um, where are the books about dogs? So it just means that you're interested in something. You're interested in finding out more about that thing. It's curious. Okay, next one. Um, mold. Mold. Uh, I'm not a biologist like John, so I don't exactly know what mold is. I think mold is a, a bacteria or a fungus. And it's something, for example, if you have food and you leave that food for too long, It gr mold grows on the food. So you have some bread, and you left the bread at the back of the cupboard, and you forgot about it, and then a month later you look at the bread, and it has some green thing on the bread. Of course, that would never happen in my house, but um, 
we have uh, that is mold mold okay next feather he talked about I think it was Galileo uh, you uh, with experiments with a feather and a hammer oh no it was on the moon that's right they used a feather and a hammer feather is what comes from a bird a hammer yeah a feather is like uh, the hairs on a bird yeah you might say and a hammer is what you use to hit a nail bang 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 you hit a nail with a hammer okay and on uh, is it on the russian flag you have a hammer and sickle the sickle is the curved uh, tool for cutting um for cutting grass or for cutting um crops food uh, plants and the hammer uh, so that represents agriculture and the hammer represents industry. So the hammer is the, the thing that bangs things. Yeah. So we've got a feather and a hammer. Fundamental particle. This is the next one. A fundamental particle. I think a fundamental particle is just the, the basic building blocks of an atom. So you've got protons, neutrons, and we talked about the Higgs boson. There are all the tiny, tiny little, I mean, extremely tiny um, things that make up an atom. Okay, so that's fundamental particles. So that's all. That's all the words uh, for the science podcast. Uh, now you can listen to the podcast again, now that you know the meaning of all those words and it might help you understand the the whole meaning of what we're saying so um remember that uh, john and i both teach at taylor school in oviedo in spain if you live around there you can come and visit us but uh, you can come and have classes with us you can just come and visit us and say hello as well if you want you can also have classes on skype with us you can get in touch with us by through the Facebook page by just typing in Taylor School Oviedo. That's O-V-I-E-D-O. Into Facebook, you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, info at taylorschool.es. Or if you're in Spain, you can call us at 984-202-191. And that is all. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Take care and see you next time. Bye.